0: did a great day to be alive. Uh, this is Ian Gokutian coming to you once again. This is Life Extraordinary. Hallelujah. Oh, now we're coming to the concluding session of uh, our series, Steps to Dealing with Anxiety. We've had three previously, and now we're going to be concluding on this wonderful, needful area that many people are dealing with. In fact, in the world that we live today, there's so much hue and cry anxiety everywhere, bad news everywhere. And people, believers even, are beginning to wonder, how are these things going to affect me? But I want to guarantee you about something. As we live in these end times, these last days, as we keep seeing the signs of the times, Jesus did not say, oh, it's okay to get afraid and scared and run into a cave and hide. No, he said, look up, rejoice, for your salvation draws nigh. Hallelujah. Let me encourage you, grab a hold of your Bible, and let's dig in together. And... uh, Please also help us as you're blessed by these messages. Share them with different ones, and we love to hear from you. Well, the last time we were on this series, uh, of course, we looked at the incidents in the story of Peter. And um, Peter had been in uh, prison because, you know, Herod saw, you know, some advantage to his own, uh, should I say, political career, his kingdom. He had already had James, the brother of John, killed, and he saw, hey. Let me go ahead and tell and take Peter, and that pleased the Jews. Because the Jews were at this point in time so against the church, what the church was doing. And Peter was the leader of the church. Hallelujah. And uh, Peter knew, everyone knew what Peter's faith was going to be. He was going to be killed. And he had been held, you know, overnight and was going to be brought forth the next morning, most likely to be killed. And we see there. As we looked forward, uh, as we saw previously in our last uh, uh, series, Peter just went to sleep. And one of the questions we asked, yes, we know as Christians that when we die, we go to heaven. But I want to ask the question, how many Christians do you know? Even though they are short and know that, listen, when they die, they go to heaven, if they knew they were going to be beheaded or something like that was going to happen to them to bring about death, how many of them will simply go to sleep? So, when we read here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, it causes us to look at Peter's life. You know, Peter is the one doing the writing in 1 Peter 5. And it says that Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's verse 6. Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, reading from the Amplified Classic, it's kind of interesting the way it reads here in the amplified. Therefore, humble yourself, demote, lower yourself in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that He may that in due time He may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, not some of it, not most of it. Says the whole of it, the whole of your care, all your anxieties. All your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Hallelujah. So, you know, Peter is giving an admonition to the church, but it just kind of helps us to see when he had to deal with a desperate trying situation, a situation that was all inundated with anxieties and fears, how he dealt with it. You see, and uh, what we saw there, You know, uh, the Lord had already told Peter back, I think, uh, John 21. He had said to him, you know, and told Peter what was going to happen. He said, Peter, you are going to live to when you're old. And now you can go where you want to go, but a time will come. Another will lead you to where you will not ordinarily go. And we're told concerning that he spoke about the fact that, you know, what kind of death Peter was going to die. But in that, the Lord had said, Peter You're going to preach this gospel to when you're old. Hallelujah. And so Peter knew for sure, listen, I'm going to live to when I'm old. At this point in time, Peter didn't see himself as being old and ready, you know, that he had finished his task. No. Lord said, you're going to preach this to when you're old to the point that somebody else will lead you to where you will not ordinarily go. Of course, we know from church history, Peter gave his life. In fact, he was crucified and crucified upside down as he had requested. But it was when he was old. So Peter took the word of the Lord. Listen, yes, Herod has taken me and he plans to kill me, but I'm not old yet. I know my time is not yet. It's not yet time for me to offer myself to die. It's not yet time. So he simply, on the assurance of the Lord's word, went ahead and slept. Hallelujah. You know, there's just something about it when you and I choose to act on God's word. When we choose to act on God's word, because of what we've believed about the Word of God, God's grace is released to help us in that area. So Peter went to sleep. Yes, the church at, uh, you know, at Rhoda's house, uh, where, you know, Rhoda's house, I believe it was John Mark's uh, mother's house, where they were there, they were praying. They were praying. Hallelujah. Praying and for Peter, and it was right for them to be doing that. But I wanted you to see Peter that was saying to us, you know, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, once and for all. You know, there's just something about cares. You know, like the word the Lord told us in, uh, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. He says, take no thought, saying. So first of all, let me kind of itemize for us. What are the steps to dealing with anxieties? First, we take no thought. Second, you don't worry. Third, we cast those cares on him. We throw them on, off on him. And he wants us to cast all of them, hallelujah, on him. And then, so what do we do? There are times when you cast those cares. Yes, the peace of God floods our hearts, like the scriptures say. But for some reason, after a while, you go about doing your daily activities and doing what you know to do and getting about your business. Then the cares jump back on you. It's like they want to come back. And it's like, hey, the the cares have a tendency of doing that. The enemy will see that these things keep staring you in your face, and just because they keep throwing themselves back on you, or the enemy keeps throwing themselves back, throwing them back on you, does not mean you have to take them. The Bible says once and for all. So we keep resisting them, and let the let the enemy know, no, 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 they are not mine; they belong to the Lord. Now in Matthew six, Matthew six says, "Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? or, uh, 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 you know, what shall we put on?" You know, we put all those cares about life, security, put those things off on the Lord. And after you've done them, I wish I could tell you that that's the last time, you know, the cares will try to get on you. But once you've done that, after a while, they have a tendency to want to come back. But the beauty beauty of it is this. When you've cast them on the Lord, the Lord has them. Did you get that? If He has them, He knows what to do with them. But If you are grappling with them, trying to figure out what am I going to do here and all of that. I'm not saying we don't make plans, don't get me wrong. But the act of worrying and being anxious is not making plans. That's not what it is. It is the enemy attacking you, attacking your mind, subjugating your faith, and really holding you captive. That's what it is. Hallelujah. You know, even one time, I've noticed this with some people. I believe somewhere in Matthew 16, um, the, the Lord made a statement and said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples kind of thought, oh, well, because we didn't, we didn't bring bread, we, we forgot bread, that type of thing. And uh, and they were about to go along that direction. What I'm trying to say here is this. There are times people would say, oh, if I had done this, this would not have happened. If I had done that, this would not have happened. And I see this at times with couples. If you had done this, this would not have happened. Well, listen to this. The fact is, we're not perfect couples. Did you hear me? We're not perfect people. And we're not perfect. No couple is perfect. That's what I meant to say. But the fact is, even if you made a mistake, the Lord is bigger than your mistakes. He knows that you and I are going to make mistakes. That's why he has grace for us. Hallelujah. So, you know, they thought, oh, we've not brought bread. That's why we, you know, run into this situation lot and that. And the Lord reminded them. Have you forgotten, you can check this out in Matthew, Matthew 16, also uh, uh, Mark Mark 8. You can check this out, somewhere around that verse, uh, I think, 12 there about. You can check this out, twelve fifteen somewhere around in Mark, Matthew 16, somewhere in verse 6. Check this out. The Lord said, oh, have you forgotten the five loaves and two fishes that we use to feed the multitude? Whether you've made a mistake or not, the Lord is bigger than that. Don't get stuck on that. Don't get into the habit of uh, this with couples. The the husband will blame the wife or the wife will blame the husband and it will get stuck there for days or weeks, get into, you know, strife, unforgiveness. Listen, even if the one party made a mistake, you can fix it all up, you know, repent, go ahead. The Lord is bigger than all of that and address the issue at hand. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? And so we see here, casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties, all your worries, your, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Now, let's come here to Philippians 4. Follow me here as we come here to Philippians 4. I'm going to be reading, you know, uh, 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 this, uh, this book of Philippians is just so full about rejoice and things like that. In fact, let me read from verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Do you see that? So one of the key things we have to put in our minds and really grab a hold of, do what the scriptures tell you to do. How often is it saying for us to rejoice? Always. What does always mean? Regularly. So regularly. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. As you go about your day, you remember what the Lord has done for you. Or even remember how the enemy is trying to attack you. Rejoice that the Lord is on your side and he'll put you over. Hallelujah. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Did you get that? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love to read this, and I hope you're really seeing the a uh, 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 step here that which the Lord is telling us to do. What's the next step? You see, we've seen number one, take no thought. Number two, don't worry. Number three, Pass the cares. Number four, right here, rejoice. And of course, as we come to see here, give thanks. In fact, let me read from the Amplified here from verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I was delight, gladdening yourself in him. Again, I say rejoice. It is so imperative if you're going to walk in victory with the Lord to stay and have an attitude and a heart of rejoicing. It is so important. Then verse 5, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your consideratedness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He's coming soon. But let's see verse 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Don't fret. Don't have any anxiety about anything. But in everything or in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definitely request with thanksgiving. So what are we going to do? We've done number one, take no thought. Number two, don't worry. Number three, cast the cares, the anxieties, the worries on the Lord. Number four, rejoice and give thanks. What are we giving, what are we giving thanks for? We're not just giving thanks, oh, I have the cares, I have the worries. No, I'm giving thanks and rejoicing because the Lord's got my cares. When he has the cares and the worries and the anxieties, he knows what to do with them. He will bring about victory. You saw what he did with Peter. When Peter just cast the cares on him and went to sleep, he brought about deliverance for him. Did you notice this This is Paul writing here in the book of Philippians in Acts chapter 16. You know, Paul and uh, Silas were going about following the Spirit of the Lord to where they believe the Lord will have them go. And they were led to go to this place called Macedonia. And they got to this place, the first ones to go preach the gospel there. And they did exactly what the Lord said to do. cast the devil out of a girl that was demon-possessed, who was telling fortunes and making money for her masters. The next thing they were thrown into prison. Listen, in a foreign place. They didn't have all of these, you know, groups that would fight for your liberty or freedom or anything like that. They didn't have a cell phone. They didn't have any. Nobody probably knew where they were, maybe except for maybe people like Lydia and some of those believers. News didn't travel as fast back then. You know, the thought of anxiety and worry being put into the dungeon of the cell right there in Philippi. What could they have been thinking about? My goodness, what are they going to do to us? We're here in a strange land. They could kill us. They could do this to us. But what did they do? The Bible said at midnight, Acts sixteen twenty-five. at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Listen now, that didn't end there. Just what we saw here, we're casting our cares on the Lord. In prayer, prayer is a means for us casting our cares on the Lord. But after they prayed, the Bible says they prayed and then sang praises to the Lord. They sang praises to the Lord. Amen. Same thing here. Paul is writing. He knows what he's talking about. He says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and supplication or prayer and definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your once known to God. Notice what it says here say so it continue. It's not saying to keep on praying. But there's something here as we keep thanking God. We see we're thanking God for the answers. We're thanking God that He has brought you know he, He's taken our cares. He has our worries and anxieties. We can be we can have peace. We can have rest. And that act of our thanking God, rejoicing, is a vital means of faith of putting God in remembrance of what he said he's going to do for us. Don't you see what it says there? It says right there, it says, With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. It's a faith act of bringing to God's remembrance what he said he's going to do for us. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? I said, isn't that powerful? That is so beautiful. Hallelujah. Now, verse 7 says, the God of peace. See, this is the beautiful part. The peace of God. The God of peace shall be yours. It always flood our hearts with this peace, that tranquil state of a heart assured of its salvation. Let's read it. The God of peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing from God and being content with its eternal lot or whatever sort it is, He said, the peace of God transcends all understanding, shall garrison, mount God over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. See, those are the four steps. Once again, take no thought. Don't take the thoughts. You know, uh, uh, thoughts of uh, failure, thoughts of anxiety, bombarding your mind and fear. Don't take the thoughts. How do we not take the thoughts? We don't begin to mutter those things or sub vocalize those things to ourselves. In other words, don't make that yourself talk. So we take no thought. What do we, what next? We don't worry. What next? We cast the cares on the Lord. That's the third point. The fourth point, we rejoice and give thanks. Praise the Lord. Now, let's see further here. First Thessalonians five. This is good. First Thessalonians five. Right here in First Thessalonians 5. I-, I love this. And I'm sure you're gonna get so much, you're gonna get something good from here. Listen to verse 16 here. It says. Rejoice always. Did you get that? How often should you rejoice? Always. The Bible says, From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name shall be praised. So rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Amen. So we can pray without ceasing. In other words, we should have a lifestyle of prayer. You should not be in a state of prayerlessness. No, someone made a statement and said, I will not sin in not praying for you, talking about Saul. So we should have a lifestyle of prayer, not just praying for ourselves, praying for others, praying for our nation. We should have a stream. Prayer should be part of our daily lives. But you see, before prayer, rejoice. Pray without ceasing in everything. I want you to know it says in everything. It didn't say for everything, but in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's not saying the sex situation you find yourself in—that's the will of God. What is telling you is the act, the act, uh, the act of praising and giving thanks to the Lord. That's God's will for you. You know, many people begin to wonder many times: So, oh, am I in God's will or not? If you stay, let me give you a secret here. If you stay in that place of continually rejoicing, and ministering to the Lord. And giving thanks, you will stay in God's will. Even if you're not, you will stay yourself into God's perfect will for your life. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say here, do not quench the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's go ahead and look here at Colossians 3. Colossians 3. This, is, this also is very, very good. Right here in Colossians 3, listen to verse... Uh, 15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. See, after you've cast the cares on the Lord, the peace of God comes in there. So let that peace rule in your heart. How do you do that? You keep thanking Him. Stay in that atmosphere of praise and ministering to the Lord. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you all were called and in one body, and be thankful. Be thankful. Stay being thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making grace in your heart to the Lord. Uh, that seems to have a companion verse in Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, speaking to your own self. You can be just, be just where you are, ministering to the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord. And just having that deep fellowship of the Spirit, yourself and God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want to come here to Psalm 149. Psalm 149. This is a powerful psalm. You know that speaks to this matter here. In Psalm 149, uh listen to what it says here. It says let the saints be joyful in glory. I'm reading from verse 5, Psalm 149. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praise of God be in their mouths. So when it says, let them sing loud upon their beds, yes, you can do that when you're lying on your bed. But what it's talking about, that's state of rest. So when you cast your cares on the Lord, you should be, and you are in a state of rest. In that place, it's let the high praises of God, hallelujah, be in your mouth, keep ministering to the Lord. And I saw so doing a two-edged sword in your hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Now bringing that to where we are, in that place of rest, you've been to the Lord, there's a supernatural sword to defeat the enemy every single time and bring you the victory. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Oh friend, these are powerful tools for you and I to use in this day and age. Whether it's high tension, fear, anxiety everywhere political upheaval mention it every nook and corner of the world no matter where you go there's tension everywhere hue and cry everywhere but God has given us a means for us to live in victory and live in peace regardless of what is going on or not going on hallelujah dear friend I trust you've been blessed by what the Lord has brought your way today and I implore you share this with somebody else because believers need this so desperately today. The world needs this. They will provide an opportunity for others to come to know the salvation of the Lord. Amen. I trust and believe you. I trust and believe the Lord that you'll begin to put this in practice in your life, into practice in your life, and realize the victory. Victory is imminent if you live in this state of ministering to the Lord after you cast down your cares, and in ministering to the Lord That keeps you from taking back the cares. Hallelujah. And stay in that place of peace, which will lead you to victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for my dear brother and sister, wherever they are. And thank you, Lord, for making this truth a reality in their lives. And help them to experience victory. And as they they in turn can share that victory to encourage others. Because the Lord is not slack concerning his word. And Jesus has made us more than conquerors. I thank and bless your name and I glorify you for what you've done and what you continue to do for us in Jesus' precious name. Dear friend, thank you for letting me come into your space today. I'd love to hear from you. Please, you know, get a hold of me. Send me a message one way or the other. It's indeed a joy to be a blessing. Keep on keeping on. <clears throat> and it's indeed a great day to be alive. Till next time, share this good news with somebody else. Blessings.